Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome everybody to a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour today. We're broadcasting from the Press Box at Pete Taylor Park. It's opening day, 2022 college baseball. Eagle Hour, glad to be here. We've got a great show for you over the next two hours. Opening segment, as it always is, is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, and we thank them for all they do for the Eagle Hour and, of course, for Southern Miss Athletics. All right, opening day 2022, we want to kick things off with assistant head baseball coach Christian Ostrander, our pitching coach as well. And, uh, Coach, it's always a great pleasure to have you on the show. We appreciate you coming up here the afternoon of a game. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Looking forward to it. Opening day, we've talked about it all week. And baseball in general is just different than any other sport, Coach. It's a really special It's a special day. What, what makes it so special to you? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's what we do, you know, and, and a, lot of, a lot of work and preparation from the moment the last pitch is made last year. Uh, to this point, I mean, everything's kind of geared towards it, whether it's recruiting, practicing, you know, just, just all that stuff. And uh, so you get to do it again. This is kind of the fun part. It's all fun. Don't get me wrong. I love every aspect of it. But this is truly the fun part when you're in one dugout, you know, uh, with your guys and, and, and get to watch them go compete together and stuff. That's really, really special. Been a lot of talk about the, the, the strength of the pitching staff that you have coming back. Obviously, we lost some great pitchers, but – Boy, you've got some guys that can really throw it. Uh, you're going to start Ben Etheridge, uh, Hunter Riggins, and Hurston Walthrop this weekend. But I heard you say that you, you had three other kids could start and you'd feel just as comfortable. I really do. And, and there's some people out there probably saying, yeah, right. I mean, but I honestly do feel like that if I chose the three others then and start this week, that we would have just as good a chance of, of winning those ball games. So ultimately, though, they got to go do it and, 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 and so forth and, you know, like I was telling Luke, it's never as good as you seem or as bad as you think either. And uh, so, and I understand that. But um, I know my guys. I know what I've seen of them, and, and I know that if they carry it out there and stuff, that it's you know they could uh, they could be a, a tough group to you know uh, to handle. And uh, that's what I'm expecting. Luke, coach, uh, starting tonight, Ben Etheridge, and you look at his numbers last year, and you know he was your three guy. He only had four less strikeouts and. Walker Powell in 15 less innings, wipeout slider. And one of the things we were talking about is really focused on his mental toughness coming in this year. And he's your Friday guy. Yeah, he is. I mean, Ben deserves it. Uh, you know, he's in uh, 20 before COVID shut things down. He was on his way. He's gotten that rotation and uh, would have had more innings then. And then last year really was his first year, per se, because of the shortened 20 season that uh, had some really great moments. And he had some learning curve moments, you know, which is 
that's normal. That's natural. That's you know, that's part of developing and growing and maturing as a as a pitcher, competitor, whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah, I think you know he's a he's a smart young man that uh, that he he loves having that ball in his hand, and and uh, I know that he's taking something away from you know all the goods, bads, uglies, whatever you want to call it, and uh, and you grow from that. You're a Delta State guy. You went out and got a fighting okra to come to Hattiesburg. He's a Golden Eagle now. Hunter Riggins um, t- tomorrow will be the Saturday guy. He was a D2 All-South region guy. And then really the name that's popping uh, preseason talk is the guy you're going to start Sunday with Waldrop, and he's he's hitting high 90s, which we have not seen here, you know, consistently like him possibly ever. Talk about those two guys. Yeah, well, Hunter, you know, Hunter was a guy that when uh, he, when we saw him in, enter the portal, the transfer portal last, I guess it was last June, uh, you know, I knew I had a background on Hunter. I knew who he was in high school. And uh, and obviously being close to the Delta State program, I knew what he's done there. So I didn't go get him. I want my Delta State folks out there to know that I didn't go get him. He entered that portal, and once he entered it, he was gone. Sure. And uh, yeah, and so definitely, you know, fit kind of what I felt like we might need after losing a couple, you know, Oak Trees and, and Walker and, and Hunter Stanley. And uh, and and so what Hunter is to me is, is just kind of that steady. I know. What he is, he's he's battle tested. He's been in the fire, you know, and it don't matter what level, it, you know, when you're out there on the mound, knowing who you are and how to execute your pitches, and uh, so anyway, I thought it was a good fit, and uh, we were able to get him, thankfully, and uh, and yeah, I look forward to, to watching him, you know, pitch this season for us and see what he can do. The flamethrower Waldrop, you know, uh, Hurston, man, everything with him is is just. Uh, a tremendous i can't even describe the work ethic and, and the time that he puts into uh, his not just pitching a baseball but all the other things the work he does with coach mack in the weight room the stuff he does on his own the stuff that he uh you know the discipline he has in his life and, and then how he eats and just everything it's it's impressive and and uh he's determined and he's got a goal and he's i don't see anything stopping him i really don't and uh but uh, you know he's still he's still just you know he's a sophomore pitcher that uh, had some big moments last year that I think prepared him for this uh, this opportunity to, to to start this year and uh, and I think it's just going to continue to hopefully you know move forward and move upward so I'm I'm very excited about uh, you know Hurston and, and what his possibilities are Bob this guy's got a track record of turning relievers into good starters there we go no question about that I, I, one comes to mind in particular uh, coach you lost uh, Ryan. Ock, the Ock Nest Monster, as he was called by the end of the year. And so you you had this flamethrower closer last year. Who, who do you see taking that role this year? Well, I think right now, I mean, the two that jump out to me, you know, that back end is uh, Garrett Ramsey and Chandler Best. Uh, you know, Ramsey... We all saw last year what he's what he can do, and uh, when he's when when, the, when that guy's getting that ball over the zone, uh, his fastball plays up, you know, low nineties, you know, fastball with that really really wipeout plus slider, um, you know, and, and Garrett's had a good fall, good spring, and and uh, I'm excited to see him out there, and obviously just we just all want him to show that consistency time in time out, and then Chandler, you know, Chandler really. You know, Chandler's a guy that we've played in different roles in, in his, you know, previous year and a half here, uh, you know, 20 and uh, short and 20 and last year. And and I really feel like this back-end mentality for him is really – it fits. It, it, he he likes it. He's thriving on it. Uh, it looks right and, and, and everything. And uh, he had a really good fall. It's a power fastball. It's a low 90s fastball, uh, as high as 94, 95 at times, you know, that, that uh, really jumps out of his hand in a good slider. And, uh, you know, when he's pounding the zone with those two pitches, it'll be a tough task, 
you know, uh, for mm-hmm. that in the back end to do that. And and then there's others. Some of these guys that don't start, man, you know, I mean, Tyler Stewart's big old donkey that throws really hard. And, uh, you know, if he's not starting, you know, who knows, he might end up being some guys. And you're going to have more weeknight games this year because of a normal schedule. That's going to give you an opportunity to pitch more kids, am I correct? I sure hope so. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, people think, well, actually, we're playing the same amount of games, you know, four, uh, you know, four in the weekend, but not the week, midweek. Well, they're just different. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, we lost innings last year in that format. You know, you play two sevens instead of, you know, uh, two nines, two sevens versus four nines on a year. That's, you know, that's four innings that somebody else gets an opportunity to pitch throughout that week. And uh, so I, I do think that going back to the normal, schedule you know pre-covid schedule you know is, is going to be good for uh, development and guys getting engaged and getting to get stay fresh and all that stuff one one specific guy one specific pitch talk about Tanner Hall's two seamer yeah it's it's special it's elite um, you know and it's that's his trick that's his identity you know and that's everything comes off of that uh, but he's lucky enough to have another what I call I, I call it elite. His changeup's elite too. Yeah. People think it's a breaking ball. No, it's a changeup, and it's got that much drop. And uh, and now we've kind of brought the third pitch on that last year he didn't really have. And and you know that slider's come into play. So uh, Tanner, you're going to see Tanner a lot. I mean, you know, if, if it's you know out of the pen on the weekend, starting on during the week. Same thing with Stewart Boyd. I mean, you know, those guys. You know, just because they're not in the starting row, they're right. still in my top. You know, top group. We of were balls. joking. Do you ever just look at? Coach Creel and be like, give me some runs. We're good. Give me three runs and we're good. Yeah, yeah. We have fun with each other. And uh, they tell me, him and Coach Barry tell me before every game, so, you know, if you throw a shutout, we'll win. And I said, well, yeah, I hear you, man. I said, if you score a lot of runs, we're probably going to win too. So uh, let's do both. Uh, Coach, on a scale of one to ten, how much are you going to miss the four-game weekend series? Uh, zero. <laughs> and the 27 games against Louisiana Tech? Zero. Negative 10. Um, no, I'm glad it's back to normal. This, this may be a first for you. We have a grandfather on the team this year with uh, with Gabe Montenegro. His grandkids are junior Eagles now. I mean, it's but having him back, I know even as a pitching coach, you admire his approach to the game. Just he's, his, it's infectious, man, how he plays the game. He has fun. Uh, he competes. People don't know it. People, y'all, people the, the fans – they don't ever see him mad and, and, you know, and that competitiveness and that anger, you know, in a good way, you know, and, and stuff. He's got a fire about him. He wants to do well. He wants this program, this team to win. He's excited about it. I'm so, yeah, I'm very thankful he's back. And that's a, that's a steady, you know, steady guy for you. You know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. And the, the best thing about Montenegro was the story that came out last year after the Oxford Regional and, the mother's bringing her child down here for some reason, I forget. And the little kid's an Ole Miss fan, but he saw Gabe oh, yeah. Montenegro, and he went over and, and Gabe just warmly welcomed yeah. him. Well, that's you know that's kind of who he is, and he's embraced it. He's kind of the been the face of it, you know, here last year, this year, and stuff. So he's been the face for 15 years. We're yeah, he's he, for one more. It's been here a while, Coach. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming up here just a couple hours before the game. You're always welcome on the Eagle Hour. Well, appreciate you guys. Appreciate y'all support. B.A. Ballmuth, the great B.A. Ballmuth, is next on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour, broadcasting live from Pete Taylor Park, opening day of the 2022 baseball season. We're sure glad you're with us. want to thank Coach Oz for coming up in the first segment. also want to thank our good friends across the street today at Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Got to stop by there over the weekend while you're in town for baseball, and uh, you'll find the latest selection of Southern Miss Apparel at Campus Bookmark and campusbookmark.net. Our next guest is one of the great names in uh, Southern Miss baseball and, and one of the favorite guys that we've had on the show through the years, uh, B.A. Valmuth, extraordinary shortstop hitter and former hitting coach for the Golden Eagles, uh, now in private life and on the Eagle Hour. And, B.A., it's good to hear your voice again, and uh, welcome back to the show. Yeah, fellas, thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, listening to you guys and another great year of Golden Eagle baseball. All right, take us back to when you were here, B.A., opening day. How special was opening day for players? And uh, we've heard a couple of the guys say that they don't sleep well the night before opening day. But kind of put in put in our, put in our perspective what it's like for the players out there today getting ready to start a new year. Yeah, you know, you build up, uh, you have a big fall, you practice for about six weeks in the fall, and then you start scrimmaging again for about the last three weeks here, and you're just ready. You're, you're all the preparation's done, and the guys are just ready. They're anxious. Uh, I know a lot of times, thinking back to my opening days uh, as a player, and you're right, you don't really sleep well that night before. You're just, you're just so ready. It's kind of like the first day of school. Um, you know, these guys put all this hard work in. It's time to go out there and, and see it pay off. I remember when when you got here early in your career, people asked me, "What does BA stand for?" I said, "Have you ever seen him play?" Said, <laughs> there you go. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can fill in the blanks, you know, yeah. you know, from there. But uh, when you get, you've even seen the, the game change, BA, from a player to a coach now, kind of as a fan. Each year that goes by, it seems the athletes, just like in every other sport, get bigger, faster, and stronger. Where does this evolution stop? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, back when I was younger, I think it's more specialized now. Guys are going in and playing baseball only at a young age. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but uh, it, the product that they're putting on the field now, uh, I know Coach Eyes, you had him on a minute ago, probably – Talk a little bit about you know their uh, their system that they're using to get guys to throw harder, and um, I think it's just so specialized. There's no three sport athlete anymore. You know, you see one or two sports growing up, and you almost got to pick one at a young age now. And uh, it's progressing the game, uh, that's for sure. But um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it. You know, making eight year old kids play travel ball for 100 games a year. Yeah, and there and there have been we've had other coaches on here that said all things being equal, they'd like to have a baseball player who has at least experienced a three point stance, you know, and hitting somebody across the line of scrimmage from him. I'm I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing you probably feel the same way. Absolutely, I uh, I grew up playing all three sports. I uh, due to an injury couldn't play any other sports uh, beyond my eighth grade year, and uh, I. I think you just learn so much, you know, in all sports. There's a lot of adversity you got to overcome, and every sport is different, um, not to mention on the athletic side, things that uh, y- your body learns over time. Uh, I'm talking about getting a three-point stance. Obviously, that's not beneficial for baseball, but 
getting down like that, you know, running a football or playing basketball and using your footwork, all that stuff creates a better athlete. And um, the biggest side on the mental side, competing year-round in different sports and learning how to to be your best, um, you know, football, basketball, soccer, all the other sports, instead of just focusing on baseball year-round. B.A., Luke Johnson here. Thanks for uh, being on with us today. One of the guys that will pitch Sunday for the Golden Eagles, Hershon Waldrop, early reports uh, and, and reports out of camp. He is uh, sitting in the mid to high 90s and is even, you know, thrown on 99 miles an hour. Just in a, the decade, you know, since you've played, the, the, the velo has gone up so much. And what would kind of be your behave almost approach now to the crazy velocity? And, you know, even the secondary pitches have increased in velocity these days. Yeah, um, my my approach would probably be a lot like a lot. I, I like to. I don't know if y'all remember when I played. I liked the fastball. It was those curveballs in the dirt that I couldn't lay off of. Um, so I, I think I would I would like the harder throwers um, if they want to try to throw fastballs by me. But um, but no. I, again, we touched on it a little bit ago. I think these guys have special programs that are that are building their arm strength and um, you know changes to the ball, changes to the game. They're constantly trying to improve everything and and put the best products on the field, um, I think you're, you're seeing that from him. I know Coach Oz talked really highly of him and his work ethic, and it, it's paying off, you know, not just with the velo, but him becoming what looks like it's going to be a Sunday starter. We're, uh, we're in the visitor's press box right now looking down at Pete Taylor Park, obviously the new facility, new lights that fans will see tonight. You played in some some big time venues. Uh, Pete Taylor Park, one of the best. When when uh, you come back here, just your appreciation for this ballpark in what way? Oh yeah, I mean having played there in front of the fans and also getting the opportunity to coach there. Um, there's no other place like it. I mean, we we've played in a bunch of big big stadiums, but uh, having the fans, um, you know, it, it's it's its own unique atmosphere. Uh, there might not be the most fans at a college baseball game. But uh, there's nothing better than uh, hitting a double or, or making a diving catch and, uh, you know, having the fans go crazy for you and helping your team win. And that, that speaks not just to Pete Taylor Park. Really, this Hattiesburg community um, gets behind the Golden Eagles. I mean, we sold out uh, season ticket sales or through the roof um, from what I've been told. And uh, everybody's just ready. They, they support this team. And I get to be on the other side now for once and uh, get to be a fan instead of having to worry about uh, – you know, making errors and striking out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's better, though, uh, B.A. It's hitting two home runs in one inning in a Super Regional. You know anybody that's ever done that? I don't know. I have to go back and pull the record. It seems so long ago. Mark Maddox. I, I forgot all about that. Mark Maddox or Jason Lowry, wasn't it, B.A.? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to call the – I'm not sure. Hey, for the record, it, were both, of those, were both of those fastballs, B.A.? I would imagine so. I didn't really hit too many curveballs back in my day. <laughs> so I, did, hey, hey, I will tell you this, I did strike out three times uh, to end that game. So I went two for two and then 0 for three with three strikeouts. So. Nobody cares. Uh, no, you hit two home runs in one inning. That's all we care about, B.A. Uh, right, listen, before we run out of time, uh, one of the things that we're doing this weekend, we've been working with Melissa Socher for the past three months, uh, a, a raffle to raise money for Coach Corky Palmer. We're doing that all weekend here at Pete Taylor Park, really trying to get to $25,000, and we're really close to doing that. But before we run out of time, your thoughts about uh, Coach Palmer, and I, I know that you would like to see people donate and, and us help him as much as possible. Absolutely. I uh, 
Chris Kirtland's actually working with us now, so me and him have regular conversations about Coach Palmer and what, what he meant to us. Um, I only got him for one year as a coach, but uh, we he, he came by almost every week and talked with us while I was coaching there. Um, just a great human being, a great person. I, uh, every dollar is well spent um, that's donated to him. I'm actually participating in a uh, golf tournament by uh, Tyler Kahn puts on, um, and he donates some money to Coach Palmer, but um, I think, you know, he supported this community. He put a great product on the field. was a great – still is a great human being. Um, every dollar that goes to him is well spent and deserving. And, and B.A., I don't, want, I don't want to start any controversies here, but Daniel Keating has repeatedly gone on record saying that he clearly is the, the best talent, baseball talent that's ever come off of the Mississippi Gulf Coast. What say you? <laughs> Let's just say whenever he was there, I, I regularly would beat him at home run derby. Um, even as a, as a fat older coach, so uh, no, yeah. he, he's a great guy and a great sport, and he's one of the Southern Miss greats. So, and BA is too. You got to remember the man that put Brian Dozier's butt on the bench, right? I mean, the I man's think that was his collarbone. I don't think that was me. I think he had a broken collarbone. Hey, is uh, <laughs> is Doliak ever going to write a song about you, particularly? I hope not. He uh, <laughs> he writes enough songs for college baseball. It looks like. He's trying to get breakthrough in that country music, but another another great Southern Miss player who uh, turned out to be a great musician, doing great yeah, things. That's a it's a history of great players. We had uh, we had Danny Lynch on the program this week, and he's like you, Big A. He's articulate and he's polite, and he's a delight to have on the show. And you certainly are. And uh, whether you want to admit it or not, you do go down as one of the great Golden Eagles of all time. And um, we will always remember the two home runs in one inning, will we not, Luke Johnson? Absolutely. In a super regional. B.A., there thanks for uh, for joining us. We'll see you at the peak. Yeah, guys. Thanks for all you do, and go Eagles. All right. B.A. Balmuth, everybody, the great B.A. Balmuth. Coming up on the show, Daniel Stewart. Uh, he'll be with us shortly. He's a former Southern Miss pitcher and uh, one of our great sponsors. We'll be right back. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour live at Pete Taylor Park today, Hill Denson Field. We are up in the press box, a special two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour today. Game one coming up at 4 p.m. Will Haberstock of North Alabama taking on Ben Etheridge. Ben last year 6-2 and two of the 3-2-5 ERA. Whole gang here, Bob, Luke, and Kelly. It's the Golden Eagles open the 2022 Baseball season. Got a former Golden Eagle pitcher up here with us now, Bob. No question. Daniel Stewart is with Southern Bank Corps, and uh, they're great studio sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Daniel's been on the show several times. We we lovingly refer to him as the Bulldog Slayer <laughs> as he beat Mississippi State twice during his pitching career. Yeah, Daniel, welcome, man. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. Good to be here. I want to thank Southern Bank Corps. Before we get into baseball you guys got a pretty special deal coming up let's talk about that for a minute yeah we do um a week from tomorrow will be the hattiesburg mardi gras parade so we're in uh, the midtown districts where office is right there on the parade route so uh we're going to have uh, a festival so to speak there'll be jazz band playing uh everything going on mardi gras so to speak uh, some vendors food vendors food trucks so it's going to be a really good time and uh, if you can make it we'd love to have everybody come out and be a good spot to watch the parade and what a great place to have a business in midtown i was there this week visiting with uh, the guys over at 
Buzzy's Tacos. And yeah. it, the place was just a buzz. I mean, there was so much activity going yeah. on. Yeah, a lot of activity. Uh, you know, we first got in, we were kind of concerned about parking and whatnot. Oh, you don't have a drive through And, you know, those things were really easy to overcome because it's right in the center of everything. There's right across from the university, there's food vendors, there's other shops. Um, you know, so it's just a really great place to be. Let me make this clear to everybody around the state that listens to the Eagle Hour is that your bank, Southern Bank Corps, you put your money where your mouth is in supporting the athletic department here. I know you guys have a suite here at the baseball stadium supporting baseball. Uh, you sponsored this show just immediately yeah. when we asked you. Uh, so Southern Bank Corps understands the importance of being part of Southern Miss. Absolutely. Yeah, myself, former student, former athlete, Chris Hester, our market president, former athlete here as well. Um, we understand how important Southern Miss is to Hattiesburg um, and just this area in general. So um, not to mention it being fun. Uh, to be able to, you know, go to baseball games and whatnot. Um, it's Southern Miss is just such a huge part of this community. Um, you know, which it's just smart of us to make that partnership. Kelly, we played Mississippi State in about two weeks. Is there any chance we could grab you a COVID <laughs> year and let you throw against the Bulldogs? Uh, you know, you probably have to get the ambulance lined up to <laughs> get me off the field when it's over uh, after about five pitches. But, uh it would be fun, but I'm going to enjoy it as a spectator. Well, and it's it's always uh you know, it's it's cool to be invited to their their Mardi Gras festivities, but apparently nobody has told them that I tend to disrobe during such events. Uh, <laughs> there will be security on site, Kelly. So, uh, you know, we'd pre- we'd prefer that not that <laughs> yes. they not get involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure. We've asked every every guest so far what it was like. And their minds to have opening day. Kelly made such a great point earlier this yeah. week on the show when he said, "There's no sport that opening day no. is the same." What is it like? What was it like for you as a player to look at opening day of the season? Well, you you know, for me as a pitcher, um, you were very routine. You know, we did the same things every day. You know, you pitch on the same day, then you have the same routine thereafter. So. Um, those practices that lead up to the game, you know, you kind of get out of that just just you know day in day out grind that you're in the games are fun so you're very anxious you're nervous you're looking forward to it you heard earlier guys you don't sleep you don't on days i had to pitch man that was probably the worst sleep i had just because you were so uh anxious and excited about what was going to happen next day games were fun with corky in the dugout you sure Uh, you know what he was a lot of fun he really was um and when coach barry came over those two as a you know, head coach and assistant coach, they made a great team. Um, now, you know, there were times he had to be tough on us, and, and he should have. Um, but there are also times we was cutting up, having fun. So, so there were, you know, we, we hear these stories that within five pitches, Corky would determine whether or not your stuff was working for the night. Did that ever happen with you? Yeah, uh, probably more times than I'd like to admit. Um, you know, it would come in the dugout, and he'd ask me how much gas I had in the tank left, and I usually lied to him, told him I had more than I actually did. But, uh, you know, he, he knew he knew where what, how long we need to stay in, when we need to come out. Um, so You and I in the hallway were talking about the rotation that Coach Oz is going to throw out here. Um, it's pretty amazing, you know. There's ten pitchers or so throwing 93 or better on this staff. It 20 years ago, man, it, that's not yeah. the case. It's amazing, huh? It, it really is. Um, actually, bumped into Coach Barry yesterday and was was talking to him, saying, "Coach, what is going on?" He's like, "There's just new ways of training these pitchers, new technology, so to speak, that enable guys 
who, you know, back in my day may have thrown 92, 93, which is hard. You're getting an extra three or four miles an hour out of these guys. Um, so it really is just amazing to see how we've got guys throwing 99 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, I think Bob McCrory probably threw the hardest uh, on our team. He was 93 to 95, uh, and that was really fast back in the day. So yeah. I was doing good to touch 90. My wife and I moved back here 12 years ago and, and, and could start going to games every you know all the time. And in that period of time, I can remember early on, uh, you know, 10 years ago, if you had a gun on and you saw a kid hit 92 or 93, you yeah. went, whoa, look at this kid. Yeah. Heck, Daniel, they all throw that hard. Everybody. Um, you know, you we'll see the middle relief guys come in. You, you figure they're 85, 86. They're hitting 91, 92 on the gun. So uh, it's not just your, your top pitchers that are able to do that. It's everybody throughout the lineup is able to throw, you know, 90-plus. One of the things we're doing this weekend, uh, and I, I can't talk about this enough, there's a booth down where you come into Pete Taylor and you can buy raffle tickets. We've got some wonderful prizes that they've set up downstairs for you to see. We've been working with Melissa Socher and trying to raise money for Coach Palmer, who Great. we all know is undergoing some health issues. Our goal is to get to $25,000. We're just a couple thousand dollars short of that. Good. And we're selling raffle tickets all weekend. Your thoughts of encouraging people to buy those raffle tickets and your thoughts about uh, about Coach? Yeah. Well, um, you know, as you always say, it doesn't take tons of people or a few people. You know, if a lot of people give a little, that's going to really make a big difference. Um, we know he's in a bind. But like I've said before, and I've been asked, if anybody is going to be able to tough this out, grind it out, it's Coach, Coach Palmer. He is old school. Um, he's tough. He's hard. And he's, he's determined. So I'm sure whatever situation he's in right now, he's not giving up. And he's going to keep going until um, – until he you know, figures out what's best for him. Visiting with Daniel Stewart, for former Southern Miss baseball pitcher. We're live at the Pete today. Of course, Daniel with our great studio sponsor, Southern Bancor. You look at this field, so we uh, we have a bird's eye view of it right now. It's a pretty right. special place. It really is. Um, you know, just being here brings back memories of 20 years ago playing um, grass and dirt back then. We've got turf now. Uh, you know, I hate to think that these guys won't ever have to pull tarps or fix the mound or fix home plate <laughs> after the game, but uh, it really is a beautiful place. Earliest, we're really lucky. Earliest tarp call you ever got? Oh, probably 5 a.m. Uh, you roll out in your pajamas and just get it done, go back to sleep. Um, I remember a couple times we did that and it wouldn't rain. It was just precautionary. So um, those guys, or these guys out here, don't have to worry about that. So there were actual tarp calls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was game day and it was expected to rain quite a bit and we didn't need the field wet. We all got on the phone tree and woke everybody up and you got out here and Put the tarp on. Next segment, we'll be talking to the mayor of the Roost, Jody Lott. But, man, what a special place. Now, you know, we'll see the Guatemala flag flying in honor of the Montenegros, the rally bikes attached to a tree out there. Just a cool place, man. It really is. Um, You know, you hear – I think baseball is probably one of those sports, unlike others, where you can have things like the right field roost, um, you know, left field lounge in Starville, places like that. That's what makes baseball so much fun to be a player. Uh, to be a fan, to watch, because um, there's um, just some special stuff that goes on when you've got these things going on outside that give you a better connection to the you game. You know what else is special is the little kids with their hats and their gloves yeah. and chasing foul balls and so excited if they get a ball. I don't know. I, I just think that's a big part of baseball. It, it is. Um, coming to play and, you know, as a kid, come to game to 
you know, you want to play on the hill and roll down the hill and just have a blast um, while your parents watch the game. Right. I can remember one of my last games, a little kid came up and they were just wanting bat gloves. So I took my socks off. They were just happy to get my socks. You know, but to them, that is a really big deal. Um, no so it's, it's fun. Hey, we want to thank Southern Bancor for sponsoring our show. It means a lot to us. I'm glad you to do it. sponsor the, uh, the studio of our show. And, uh, uh, about 30 seconds left, but just real quick, how can people get in touch with your bank? And I know you offer a whole array of financial services. We do. We're a full-service bank. Uh, we're at Little Rock, Arkansas. BankSouthern.com is our website. We're located at 3002 Hardy Street there in Midtown. Uh, par- uh, Parade party starts at 1 o'clock next Saturday. I failed to mention that. Um, and as always, feel free to walk in and come see us anytime. It's a beautiful bank. It is. You guys, and, you know. In a fantastic location, there's no question about that. Yes, it is. We're in a great spot. All right, we want to thank you again for coming up, and thank Thanks you for, for all me. you do. And uh, you don't mind us well, forever. We're going to refer to you as the Bulldog Slayer. You hey, don't mind that? I'll, I'll take that. Okay. You like that, Luke? <laughs> I, I'm I'm cool with it, and uh, we we got a chance at him on you know coming up on March the second. So hopefully it'll take care of it. And uh, but Daniel, thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, Eagle Hour is going to continue from Peak Taylor Park. Can't have opening day without talking to the mayor of the roost. He's here somewhere, uh, and we're going to locate Jody Lott right after this. Live at the Pete. Appreciate Daniel Stewart, B.A. Volmuth, Christian Ostrander for joining us. We will be having a, another hour of the Eagle Hour f- coming up at 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock as we're getting ready for Southern Miss to open the 2022 baseball campaign against North Alabama today. One of those guys that will be in attendance, the mayor of the roost himself, Jody Lott, joins us. How is your opening day so far, Jody? Well, uh, it could be better, but everything's good now. We're on the way to the ballpark. Awesome. So you are the elected, appointed, I don't know if that's self-appointed or not, but head of the roost, special place in college baseball, special place for Southern Miss. And what's uh, what's the roost looking like this year? Uh, wide open as usual. Everybody's looking forward to it. And, uh, uh, it's just been more people this year calling, asking different questions and that sort of thing. Uh, everybody's been looking forward to it in the days behind here. Hey Jody, this Bob Getty. Before uh, the before the show today, Kelly and I were were sitting up here in the press box, so we had this panoramic view of the stadium. And Kelly brought up, would it ever be possible to bring dirt in and extend the roost out towards center field, over toward the scoreboard? Would you would you ever is that physically possible to do that? Uh, they looked into it uh, years ago. Uh, there's not enough room back there, and uh, you get into encroachment on that rails to trails back there as far as environmental and drainage. Uh, it could probably be done, but uh, you'd have to jump through hoops and pay a lot of money. Right. Where could the stadium be expanded in your view, Jody? 
That's hard to say. Uh, if when the stadium was built, if if they would have moved it ten feet further east, uh, we could have sky boxes all the way around. Now we're stuck in the situation with the apartments behind us, uh, mm-hmm. to where that'll be a a hard job to do. Right. Okay, so how many years is this you've been coming? What what season of this will this be for the mayor? 37. 37? My gosh. Kelly Sander was, what, you were 50 then? Mm, 50 give, when they started her, this? Give or take. Give or take. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey Jody, out there in the, in the roost, if you could give awards for, like, best sausage, best hamburgers, best whatever, are there any particular... Sh- "Quote and air quote chefs that come to mind that uh, that make up some pretty good grub out in right field. Well, uh, you have some groups that do crawfish and some do sausage and uh, there's different groups do different things. Uh, I don't know. Luke seems to like my sausage. The the mayor's office has exceptional sausage and the mayor's office will proudly be serving sausage today. See, Bob always gets mad because you know I usually spend." Until last year, Jody, I'd come out there and I'd hit three or four innings with you, and then Bob wanted me to come sit with him, and I'd just bring this this food up, and I would only intentionally have enough for me and not for him. And uh, he he, he gets gets frustrated sometimes. Hmm. Now, let me clarify what he actually does, Jody. He comes out there and he eats with you for about three innings, and then he comes to where I'm at, and he eats our food for about three innings, and then he disappears. I think he's headed back to the roost at that point. Uh, He usually does. Yeah, he can he can hold his own when it comes to eating sausage and whatnot. Am I right? Well, he does pretty good on brisket too and little uh, pork. <laughs> and and although they cook a lot of different things in the roost, I think a lot of them drink similar type things out in the roost. We've always heard rumors about that, Jody, but there's really no truth to that. Is that correct? I haven't seen any uh, truth to it at all. I drink Coke Zero. That, that's you, Jody usually has Coke Zero for me out there. All right, Mayor, we've got uh, new lights installed, and and of course this is year two with the turf. Um, you know, hints out there. The scoreboard, you know, may may be upgraded soon, but but these lights will be fun to watch the game under tonight. It makes all the difference in the world, and uh, there's a lot of people going to be surprised when they see those lights come on. How much difference it makes. Hmm. The field's beautiful. There's no question about that. So North Alabama's uh, team has now arrived at the peak, Jody. Uh, Kelly's predicting three 10-run wins this weekend. How how do you see the Golden Eagles opening up the 2022 season? Oh, it's going to be a sweep. I'm not going to guarantee 10 runs, but uh, it'll be. It'll be a three-game sweep. Is that your prediction? That's my prediction. Right, and then South Alabama's Tuesday night, and as we all know, we wear them out every time we play them. So are you expecting another 10-run win? Uh, We're going to be fighting tooth and nail come Tuesday night. Yeah, there's no question about that. That'll be a a little upgraded competition from this weekend. I think that's fair to say. Uh, Yes, and I'm going to be very interested in uh, who we put on the mound. And, again, this time of year, you could be looking at Johnny Holstaff. There we go. Well, Jody, we uh, we always appreciate you, man. We you know we love talking to you. You're always welcome on the Eagle Hour, and you always welcome us out, out at your spot in the roost, and uh, we'll be forever grateful to you for that. Uh, no problem, anytime. 
All right, everybody. That's the mayor of the roost, the official mayor. And uh, that is Jody Lott. So, uh, Luke, are you going to be venturing your way out there today? Yeah, I'm going to start out there. I brought my I brought my own lawn chairs. Usually, I mooch one off somebody, but yeah. Hey, we're going to be here for another hour, right? Correct. All right. Good right. stuff. Yeah, another hour. John Cox. Who else is coming in here? Oh well, we've got John Cox. We've got Jonathan Johnson and Melissa Sosher all in the last Good stuff. Hour. Awesome. Yeah, we can't wait. We're going to continue broadcasting from Pete Taylor Park. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour back live at the P today for a special two-hour program. Opening day for the Golden Eagles for the 2022 campaign. Scott Berry fielding a really, really good team this year. High expectations for them. Luke Johnson, Bob Yeti, Kelly Center. Michael Morgan's on site. Will Tony producing for us in the Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Let's get right to it. Joining us now, happy to have the voice of the Golden Eagles, John Cox. And John, thanks for uh, stopping uh, by two hours before first pitch, 44th opening day. But you actually told me that you called a few few games before then, too. Yeah, I used to do a couple. I used to do it back in the day for the for WUSM. I think it was back there. Maybe it was WSUM back in those days. I know it's changed a couple of times. But, yeah, we used to do them on a, uh, on a Marty back at the old baseball park, which is a football practice field uh, now. And so uh, we did a few of them back then, so uh, it's been a while. 1982, right, opening day here at the Pete, if I, if I may be wrong on that. But um, what was it like when your first opening day here at the Pete? Well, the field, it was different. Pete Taylor Park wasn't quite what it is uh, today. It was uh, it was uh, pretty new back then. And so, you know, a lot of the trees out over the outfield wall weren't as tall as they are now. And there was just a couple of sets of bleachers there when it first started. The press box was uh, something that looked like a, a, a pillbox out of World War II where they kept the equipment down underneath. And uh, you kind of sat up there about four abreast in the top of the press box. So a little bit different, but it was nice that uh, we finally sort of had – our own sort of thing just for for baseball you know the old field the old baseball stadium used to be the football practice field most of the time and then became the baseball stadium so uh, that's a long time ago but it's amazing uh, how it's changed over the years and what Pete Taylor Park's turned into now and uh, one of the best in fact I always tell the story Brian Dozier used to tell me as he would travel around the major leagues he said it was amazing how many guys he'd run into that played on teams that came to Pete Taylor Park and they'd tell him that was our our favorite place to go play because of the crowd, the right field roost, all the things they didn't get to see anywhere else. So it's kind of a special place. And uh, opening day at Pete Taylor Park is always special. The, the different opening days now leading up to this one in 2022, did it ever, you know, as you're sitting there watching this baseball program grow over the years, did you ever think it would look like this as it does now? Honestly, probably not. I probably thought it would get to be pretty good, but you know, college baseball has changed so much. Uh, you know, Scott and I were ta- Scott Barry and I were talking about it the other day how it's changed. You know, how even even the old veterans, Ron Polk. 
uh, Ron Frazier, Skip Bertman, guys like that that uh, were on the forefront of when college baseball sort of went quote-unquote into the big time. Nobody, I think, ever thought that it would get to where you'd have games on TV all the time and uh, you'd have, uh, you know, 30 by 50 uh, scoreboards and, and things like that. So uh, anybody who tells you they thought different is probably telling you a story, but uh, it's great. It's one of the best sports around right now. And one of the visionaries I always thought, John, was Hill Denson himself, who understood that the the marriage between corporate America and college baseball was a natural fit. He was kind of on the forefront of all that. When Hill got the job, I remember the first interview I did with him, the day he got the job, and he started talking about all the things he was going to do and going to the College World Series and building a new stadium and uh, sell out crowds and being nationally ranked. And I walked away from that interview saying, this guy's crazy. There's no way all that stuff's going to happen. But sure enough, Hill had a plan and he stuck to it. And, you know, he may have been the only guy that believed it for a long, long time, but pretty soon he convinced everybody else. And so all, all the things, and Scott Barry will tell you this, all the things that uh, we enjoy now at Pete Taylor Park and around Southern Miss Baseball, you kind of go back to, to Hill Denson and what his vision was for what it could be at Southern Miss. I want to talk a little bit about the, the craft itself, because football coaches learn from each other, baseball coaches learn from each other, and, and not like you have a lot of extra time, but if you ever get to hear any other play-by-play on the national level, who do you think does a really good job and why? Oh, I like a lot of people. You know, I I, I don't know that I, I can tell you somebody. I like. I mean, Jim Ellis at Mississippi State, to me, Jim's as good at baseball as anybody. I like David Kellum, good friends of mine. I like those guys. Uh, I listen to more local stuff than I probably do nationally stuff just because I like to hear how other people do what, what we try to do and how they do it and what they've got as a part of their broadcast features they have and, you know, how they do things so uh, but there's a lot of people doing it uh, great and uh, I grew up kind of probably like you did I grew up in Middletown Ohio listening to my dad was a big St. Louis Cardinal fan so I grew up listening to Harry Carey and Jack Buck do the Cardinals on a white Zenith transistor radio on the back porch in Middletown Ohio and every night my dad would sit out there and listen to the Cardinals but I grew up outside of Cincinnati so you know I had guys like uh, Joe Nuxall, Wade Hoyt, Al Michaels, uh, Marty Brown and guys that did the Cincinnati, you know, Red games over the years. So I, I grew up in an, and a guy that in my hometown of Middletown was a guy named Warren Johnson who did the Cincinnati Royals and he did Middletown High School. He did everything. So I always love those guys. I, I like the guys that uh, you know sort of do it from the the grassroots up. And so there's a lot of great guys out there. Now you've done you've done women's basketball. Kay James has done color for you in men's basketball. Coach John Prince among others. You've had you know you've had. Colored guys, women, whatever, you've also worked solo. Which do you prefer? Uh, well, I think unless you can find the right person that fits, you're better off probably doing it by yourself because you kind of know what direction you want to go. I've always thought that, and you, you, do, you do this too because you've done it, yeah. you know, that, that the play-by-play is, is a storyteller. And uh, if you can't add somebody that can help tell that story, then you're better off just telling the story yourself. But if you can find the right person, I had that for a lot of times with Vic Purvis. Vic and I, you know, Vic... Vic almost knew what I 
was thinking and I knew what he was thinking for a long, long time. Dr. William Lewis, uh, the former president at Pearl River, did the, the Southern Miss basketball with me for a long time. You know, we were, you know, like we were twins, the way we kind of thought the same way. And Lee Roberts now. So if you can find the right person, uh, I think it adds to the broadcast. But if you're not, you're better off telling that story by yourself. And I remember Vic Purvis saying, I said, why did you ever get out of it, Vic? And he said, when this is the, the, the Fedora days, he said, well, this offense that Fedora runs, I mean, one play finishes, and about 10 seconds later, they're ready to do another one. So oh, yeah. There's really no need yeah. for me to even be Yeah, he was afraid the color man was going to become obsolete in the Fedora, <laughs> Fedora offense. But a funny thing, when, when, when Vic decided he was going to get out, he, we started to think about who we wanted to take his place. And I told him, I said, Let, let's don't even talk about it. When the time comes, you be thinking about it, and I'll be thinking about it. And when the time came that we had to figure out who that was going to be, believe it or not, I said, okay, you write yours down, I'll write mine down. We both wrote down Lee Roberts without ever talking about it. So we both were kind of on the same page when it came to Lee. You, uh, you know the voice, we'll have to tell you who it is, but it is the voice of the Golden Eagles, John Cox, joining us as we are up in the press box for Pete Taylor Park getting ready for uh, the 2022 campaign. One more thing about the sports casting. Um, Southern Miss, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, three programs. Uh, Mississippi is probably top three in the country as far as national prominence. But how cool is it that with those programs rise, three guys have been doing it the same? I mean, that, that's – you can't find that. You know, and the amazing thing, we all basically started at the same time, around 1978. Uh, somebody, I, I can't who it was now, somebody did sort of a, uh, I'll call it a documentary for lack of a better term, on the three of us and some of our great moments and this and that. But all of us, almost to the to the day, started at the same time in 1978 and are still doing it at those uh, schools. So all of us have been doing it, like I said, about 44 years, something like that. That's amazing. I right, minutes left john 2022 you've been scouting i'm talking to scott what are you most excited about with this uh, scott berry club for 2022 well i just know this i know if it's a scott i don't even have to know who the players are if, if scott berry's in charge he's going to find a way uh, to win ball games and he's going to go out and find you know he's really got same of the same philosophy that southern miss has used for a long time kind of draw that circle a couple of hundred miles around hattiesburg and go find the best players you can you can you don't have to go far from Hattiesburg to find a lot of good baseball players. So I have a lot of trust, a lot of belief in, in Scott Berry that he's going to bring in the kind of young men who can represent Southern Miss the right way, can help play at the, the highest level, play for championships. So uh, that's kind of what I expect. I think this team's going to be right in the mix again this year. They're going to be in the mix because I'm not sure if I've seen a tougher out-of-conference schedule than what you're going to be watching the next 30 days. It's, it's really impressive. Some great trips on there. Yeah, and that's that's good. I mean, Scott, that you know, he's done. Like, he's not afraid to play anybody, and uh, wants to play it. And believes the harder the schedule is, the uh, better it is. It makes you makes you better. So it's going to be a lot of great baseball here at Pete Taylor Park. You know, as we uh, eventually get the new scoreboard in here and all the other things that we started to add. I'm not sure. There's there's a lot of great places to play college baseball, but I think Pete Taylor Park's right up there with all of them. If we ever run out of players from Minnesota, <laughs> will the weather forecast for Medina always be included, John, regardless? Going I think forward? so. I think, yeah, now we have to include include that. And uh, what was neat, you know, I I had done that for, for, for a long time, and all of a sudden Charlie's parents came to uh, watch a game. And so I look around, they turn around, they're up in the radio booth. And so uh, they wanted to make me, I think, an official citizen of Edina, Minnesota. But uh, There is a floating on social media right now, there is a big 
bingo card with your famous sayings uh-huh. on it, and the weather temperature in Edina, Minnesota is is on it. I'm afraid I'd hate to see what it is today, though. I, I think it's probably pretty nippy up there in uh, up in Minnesota today. John, well, thanks for your time. Have a great call, and we appreciate all you do for such. Thank you guys sports. for being here today. We appreciate it. It's the voice of the Golden Eagles, John Cox. And I'm telling you, in Edina. That's a, that's a that's a ritzy neighborhood up there. Hey, we got three more segments live from Pete Taylor Park. Eagle Hour continues right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Two-hour special edition opening day at the Pete Eagle Hour live in the press box at Pete Taylor Park, Hill Denson Field. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Center. Michael Mergens producing on site. Will Tony in the Southern Bancor studio in Hattiesburg. Happy to have you along today. Just uh, about an hour and 40 minutes till first pinch, UNA down the right field line, warming up. Golden Eagles taking batting practice right now, and uh, we appreciate John Cox joining us in that previous view um, segment. If you if you missed uh, the first hour of the Eagle Hour today, you can always go and listen on demand at supertalk.fm later on or on podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Got another Southern Miss former baseball player with us today. Jonathan Johnson was a pitcher from 2005 to 2009, one of those Mississippi guys out of Northwest Rankin uh, High School and uh, came to Southern Miss, I guess, my senior year. We got to know each other. And Jonathan, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I remember uh, yeah. those BSU days with uh, those chicken fingers, the best in the world from uh, Lloyd Lunsford. Absolutely. A lot of people don't know those guys back in the day, you and Ezel and J-Lo and all those guys. Lloyd would have the uh, you know that, that Bible study for us on Monday afternoons. I was the only football player, so I felt like I was an honorary member of the baseball team for, for several years. That's right. That's right. You, you were. We can give you that highlight. No problem. <laughs> All right, man, opening day, take us back. You experienced several of them being at Southern Miss for, for four seasons. What, what was it like? What did you look most forward to about opening day? Man, really it was just about you, you got butterflies, of course, but you put in a ton. I know people know, but I, you might not know just how much time, work, and effort goes in to getting ready for a season. I mean, it's, a, it's more than a job. You spend more time on that field or in that weight room or being eligible in the classroom than any uh, 40-hour work week. So you have butterflies, yes, but you also have excitement. It's like a strange feeling. You know, it's kind of like being tired and, and on caffeine at the same time. Like you're, you're amped up and you're, you're ready to go. Um, and then you're just trying to knock the rust off. You're just trying to get in your groove. Like that's why they have phrases like mid-season form and things like that. I mean, you can, it's hard. You can, you can scrimmage as much as you want. You can inter-squad as much as you want. But there's just nothing like game speed. You have to stimulate game speed and get in there and um, really just create more chemistry with your, with your teammates, with your brothers, and try to make it as efficient as possible. 
Hey, Jonathan, uh, this is Bob Getty. Uh, one thing we've talked about a lot so far at uh, the start of the season is, I think it was a Kelly, 22 pitchers, 22 pitchers on the staff. So you got a wow. lot of pitching depth, a, a lot of talent, but we wonder how do you keep 22 pitchers happy? The coaches have made it real clear to us their job is winning, not keeping players happy. But is that challenging? I mean, when you're a pitcher on a baseball team and maybe you're, you're not getting on the field as much as, as you would like to, how, how difficult and challenging is that for, from the player standpoint? Well, I mean, obviously it's disappointing, but, I mean, I 100% agree. Like, if you want to play more, get better. The job is here to win games. So there's competition between teams, but there's healthy competition between uh, inside of the team. So Mm -hmm. the coach's job is to win games and have a highly efficient team. And if you're not really, you know, and it it goes back, I think that's why so many baseball players come out of Southern Miss and are really successful. You know, obviously like Adam Doliak, Dozier, uh, James Ewing, I can make, you know, B.A., I think he was on earlier, because it teaches work ethic. I mean, in life you're going to have adversity. I mean, I still have it. You know, I got three kids. There's, There's adversity in that. You have to learn how to overcome it. And, you know, baseball is a great avenue for that. I 100% agree. Well, and, and B.A. wanted us to remind all the former players that come on the show today that he is the guy that hit two home runs in one inning of a Super Regional, Jonathan. So <laughs> I'm going to pass that along to you on behalf of B.A. And, and i got to tell you about – go ahead, Jonathan. Well, tell B.A. That I'm, one of, that I'm one of two guys with a Super Regional win, so – there we go. We'll pass, that, we'll pass that message back along to him. There's no question. And i got to hand it to you. Jonathan, you sound real articulate. I would have almost thought you went to Madison Central. Oh, uh, no. No, 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 man. My alma mater does play them tonight. So we'll see how number one okay. versus number two goes. This is going to be a barn burner. And the funny thing is, no, I, I guess I'm, I'm getting old. I have the kids on Northwest Rankin's team I coached right after I got out of college. So it's fun. Yeah, I understand play. that. And I've got a lot of friends in Northwest Rankin, so, so I'm just playing. But as a pitcher, oh, no. uh, when, when you were pitching, um, how long did it, did it take you in the field of play to figure out whether you had your best stuff and whether you didn't? And how did you know? The bullpen before I was going in. <laughs> I was either like, oh, crap, we're going to have to make some adjustments, or I was like, I got this, I own it. Now, warming up, you still kind of get the butterflies. And until the first pitch, like my whole thing was, once I got that first pitch over the plate, I was good. Because then I had my, I was kind of locked in. I had my flow going. I had my form right, and we could rock and roll. Um, but sometimes I, I won't lie. Sometimes that first pitch didn't go exactly where I wanted it to, and I was like, oh boy, okay, we're gonna have to adjust a little bit, pitch backwards, something. But Jonathan, did uh, did coach did coach Palmer ever ever let you know also what he thought about whether you had your stuff or not? Yeah, yeah, good. And you, if you knew Coach Palmer, you'd be like, you walk out on the mound, and be like, son, that was absolutely terrible. I could recruit a high schooler do better than that. It's like, now, I now, mean, now, I, you're I, you're better than that, son. I've recruited you. I see. I mean, what was that? Are you even trying to? I'm serious. Now, are are you using the exact words, Jonathan, or were there some more colorful ones sprinkled in there? I mean, what kind of radio is this? No, 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 dude. Okay, fair enough. We have, yeah, FCC stuff. Yeah, you don't don't want to get in trouble. How often do you get back uh, back to the Pete and and uh, get to see your old stomping grounds? 
Um, not as much as I'd like to anymore. Like I said, I got uh, yeah. three kids, a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, a 4-year-old. Um, so we do get to play in Hattiesburg some. And so when we go back there, I actually went back last year and got to go to the field. And um, when they come to Jackson, I love to see uh, see the Eagles play and stuff. But um, if we have an open weekend and they're home, I, I make every attempt to get there. But with technology nowadays, it's, I, I, I mean, I just watch it from my house just as well. So. Bob, uh, Jonathan can be that guy that, that's going to quote us on 10 running Mississippi State in Jackson in a few weeks. You can get him on record to say that. Yeah, yeah. You, you're predicting that, Jonathan? Is that what we're hearing? <laughs> At 15. We're going to win by 15. 15. I think yeah. they're pretty overrated myself. I think that national yeah. championship's quite not what people think it is. But no, actually, uh, we, we do have great respect for Mississippi State. I, I know that you do, too. But we're playing North Alabama this weekend, Jonathan, and our partner here, Kelly, is predicting three 10-run wins. Now, let's be honest. Is this a is this a competitive opening series, or is this like a dress rehearsal for the rest of the year? Mm, well, let me ask you this. What was North Alabama last year? What was their final record? They, they weren't very good. Just put it that way. They were not good well, at all. You know, I mean – just to be frank, kind of that's kind of the way you're supposed to set it out. And I'm sure they got a great program, but back to what I was saying earlier, we're, we're trying to knock the rust off and catch our groove, right? So right. every game is important. I mean, heck, my senior year, the year we uh, went to Omaha, we lost to Northern Colorado. If you thought Corky was happy after that one, <laughs> you had another thing coming. So it's the game of baseball. You don't take any game for granted. Anybody can beat you. So you play to win, but, I mean, we're not signing up to play, you know, LSU right. the first first weekend. That'd just be done. Well, we're not, well, we're well, not that program. You. We are a top-tier program. When when we when you look at this schedule this year, they got plenty of tough games coming up, so they might deserve a little bit of a, a soft start. Hey, look, a couple minutes left downstairs, and she's about to come up here. A wonderful lady by the name of Melissa Socher. Uh, started a raffle fundraising drive for Coach Palmer. Beautiful gifts downstairs that she's got on display, and the uh, people we hope are going to buy a lot of raffle tickets this weekend. Uh, your thoughts about Corky Palmer and what influence he's had on you, Jonathan? Um, Corky, Corky was so much of a just like a father figure. Now he was tough, and he was on you, and, but he expected a lot out of. Um, and when he got disappointed at you, he was disappointed at you. But when you became one of his guys, you were in. And he mm-hmm. would, he would go far, you know, he would go above and beyond for you. He gave me my first reference because I never really had a job. It was my first job. Like, he really was just a guy's guy. Just a, an old ball coach that loved his players deep down inside. Now, if you didn't buy into his program, it was easy. You were gone after the first right. year or two. Because right, that was right. his program, but it really had put so much of us. Like I said, like so many people that come out of that program are successful, you know, in, in life with good families, um, and that's just because of the influence that he had. Really, right. Um, right. So I think a lot of him. Well, listen, man, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Appreciate all the contributions uh, that you have made to Southern Miss baseball, and uh, we thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Jonathan Johnson, everybody, on the Eagle Hour. We still roll along into the second hour from Pete Taylor Park. We'll have the starting lineup here momentarily and uh, 
I'm happy to see one name on that lineup. And did, did he just admit they lost to Northern Colorado? Yeah, he said Corky was really. <laughs> but happy they went to Omaha. That's yeah, okay. yeah, it worked out. Melissa <laughs> Socher's next. Stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Live from Pete Taylor Park, Eagle Hour continues on a chilly but pretty afternoon. Going to get cold tonight in the 40s. Wind's going to be blowing a little bit. May create some uh, home run action for the Golden Eagles as they take on the UNA Lions. We are just uh, under an hour and a half before first pitch. Ben Etheridge throwing for the Golden Eagles today. Luke, Bob, and Kelly, Michael, and Will Tony producing for us today. All right, guys, we uh, got handed the opening lineups, and I'll just run through this. We can discuss a little bit. Really no surprises, maybe a, a few um, different guys in the batting order, but Gabe Montenegro leading off. We'll just call him our super senior. Dustin Dickerson uh, at second. We should mention Montenegro at, and is playing center leading off. Dickerson at shortstop batting second. Lynch at third batting third. Sargent at first batting fourth in the cleanup position. Charlie Fisher DHing as uh, in the five hole. Reese Ewing gets the start in left field. He'll be batting sixth. Will McGillis batting seventh, playing second base. Right field uh, batting eighth. From uh, Columbia, Slade Wilkes, and then behind the plate, batting ninth, Blake Johnson, Ben Etheridge on the hill. Not not really much change in that, guys, but you know, there's a few things. You see Wilkes back in the lineup. Thought maybe uh, Montenegro may have may have got the start behind the plate, but Blake Johnson, Bob, like you said, Blake Johnson really came on later in the year. Your thoughts about the starting lineup? Yeah, I think Johnson earned uh, the opportunity to start the season based on the way he finished the year last year. He hit the ball for the Golden Eagles and played solid defense. Now, the kid that Kelly and I have had our eye on is starting in right field, and that's Slade Wilkes. And, Kelly, you and I have talked about it. This kid has the potential to be another, uh, you know, another uh, Walter. But but I think there was some question. There was some question as to whether he was going to get the start. I think, you know, one of the one of the positions, two of the positions that might have been in question were right and left field. Uh, certainly... Wilkes was in that discussion in right, but uh, the ink is dry, and he is he is getting the start today. Charlie Fisher, the DH, I was telling you, saw that guy not too long a ago. Stud. Oh my gosh, he looks like a linebacker. That guy's nothing but muscle. Yeah. And and the other thing that that really jumps out to me about this Southern Miss starting lineup, one senior. One senior. Well, he's a ten-year senior. Yeah, but yeah. You, but you talk. Yeah, That's a it. senior citizen, yeah. not a senior yeah. <laughs> classification. But as good as this team is supposed to be this year. Only one senior in the starting lineup. So you have the same team virtually coming back again next year. It's just amazing. All right, Melissa Socher's in the in the the portable studio show. We say as we're broadcasting from Reed Green, from Reed Green. No, we're broadcasting from Pete Taylor Park. And one of my favorite people, Barbara Taylor Gandy, the daughter of Pete Taylor, the All namesake. Right. Here, I'm going to put my headsets on Barbara Taylor Gandy. Ladies, how are you? We're doing great. Just trying to keep warm like everybody else. 
everybody else. We're so excited about today. Well, Melissa, you've got all this stuff. We've been talking about it now for a couple months. And all the all the things that people can win are on display. And as usual, it comes as no surprise to me how you set it up. It looks incredible. And uh, people have got to come buy raffle tickets. You're right there where they come in the park. Right, so we're right as you enter the gate, and um, we have a beautiful table set up with all of the prizes um, that somebody's going to win on Sunday afternoon at the game. So we'll be here for today's game at 4 o'clock, tomorrow's game at 2 o'clock, and Sunday's game at 1 o'clock with the table set up. Is it cold out there, ladies? They made us come up here. It is very cold. But, you know, um, they just started grilling those hot dogs. They smell good. So it's not so bad down there. It's not so bad? No. Now, this is the lady that made the... uh, the grand prize, am I correct? Right, career? right. The big stained glass piece was made by um, local stained glass artists, and she's kind of famous around these parts especially. Uh, Barbara Taylor Gandy, the daughter of Pete Taylor. Um, so she's a stained glass artist, and she made that grand prize that we'll be giving away on Sunday. It's beautiful, by It the is way. gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. How'd you get involved here with this wonderful lady? Oh, it, God put us together, obviously. We, yeah. uh, we, it was a perfect fit. I knew I wanted to do something to help Corky. When Corky played for Dad, He, you know, we heard Corky stories and Dale Palmer stories and watched them both play. And you, your heart goes out. You want to mm-hmm. do something. Mm-hmm. So I'm not great at everything but i started doing stained glass and well you're good at that got, a, got an eye. tell us tell us about this specific piece that you've made that's going to be auctioned off or raffled off i i talked to jeff ferris and said he was selling wristbands and i said i i do stained glass do you have any ideas and we kind of threw some ideas around and i was thumbing through facebook and scott dossett had a piece that was the eagle with the plate behind it and i went there it is that's that's it so I started sketching it out and putting it on paper and came over and talked to Melissa. And once you talk to Melissa and it's a good to go, it's like a tornado. She is incredible at what she does. Exactly she right. takes the ball. She runs with it. And I worked on that piece of stained glass. I got it to Melissa and said, here, let's, let's just, do it. Just for people to, to know, what does it usually take you to be able to do that? I mean, what all goes into that? I mean, time and hours and effort. It, it is, and, and I lost my religion a few times when I <laughs> either cut myself or miscut something. But, you know, it's it's like a puzzle. You've, you've got your puzzle pieces. You have to order your glass. You've got your lead, your solder, and it's therapy for me. It started out. I don't sell tons of stuff, but I give away a lot of, a lot of things. I sell enough just to reimburse my stuff how long did it take you to make that piece that piece took me about two and a half months i can see why i can see now you said something else is true Mm -hmm. about this lady here when she called me a couple months back about coming on board with her and doing Mm -hmm. this i was really excited because i knew she would work 24 7 at it and that it would be successful and as scott berry said on this show earlier this week melissa is the momentum behind all of this, and he and I just sort of latched on and have been have been following her path. She, she has been. I don't know how Melissa has time to do anything because she's involved in so much stuff, and she does so much good stuff for this community. Um, between her store and the parade Correct. and this, I, I don't know how she has time to Now, sleep. Melissa, everything is downstairs where people come into the park and see it. And you and I were talking a few minutes ago. 
We've raised a lot of money so far, but we've got a goal this weekend. So talk about where we are and where we need to get by Sunday afternoon. So we are just over $22,000, and we would love to get to twenty five. And that money will go to Coach Palmer and his medical expenses. Medical expenses, correct. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't say enough about Scott Berry either, can we? He, he's been on board he's since incredible. the get-go. He's also been a driving force, and he's um, – you know, just every couple of weeks he checks in. He's selling tickets, um, so he's contributed um, a great deal to the the fund. And you know, so many players have come in that play for Coach Barry, have played for Coach Barry. I've met so many players that played for um, Coach Palmer. They come in, they share stories. Um, he has just created such a legacy that will live on for many more years after we're here you know but, but, um, and speaking of legacies barbara taylor gandy every opening day has to be particularly special for you it is when you it walk is. into this and see your it dad's is. name yeah. on this interview how long has coach been gone now uh, 10 years a little over 10 years it's hard to believe isn't mm-hmm. it but i mean because of this ballpark it is your dad will always special. be with us it's special it yeah. is and when all my brothers and my sister come in and we get a nice photo op, we come here to take our photo op. Is in front Isn't of the field. Something? It's, it's something for opening day as a fan, but to be a Taylor, yeah. oh. to come to Pete Taylor Park on well, opening what day. What would Pete Taylor think if he saw today this baseball program? A top 25 program is not going to start but one senior in this beautiful facility. He, he would be so proud. He, he, he was a very humble person. A very humble person, and he loved coming to this facility. When when we found out, when Coach Dale told us that they were naming this after Dad, we were just over the moon. Yeah, over I'm the sure. moon. And and he loved to see it, and he loved to come here. Today would be a little cold for him. He'd be mm-hmm. fussing. He'd probably have to be up in one of these booths up here. Um, but but he, this was what he loved to do. Now, have you heard this story? Because okay. we've heard this story. Your dad comes into the park. Mm-hmm. Young lady there is taking up tickets, and and he says, "Well, dear, I normally don't have to. I don't have to pay. That's my name out on the field." And she looks around and she says, "Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Park. Come right and on that in." That is a true story. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a true story. It wasn't me, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, I was somewhere she, else on that day. He, yeah. he and, and he tells that everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, and he was not only the baseball coach here, but he was really a jack of all trades. I mean, he coached football. I mean, whatever they needed him to do, mm-hmm. Pete would rise to the challenge. And Barbara's that way. Oh, <laughs> I try. All right, Melissa. Thirty seconds left in this segment. Tell people what they need to do, where you are, and what they need to do when they come in this park. Sure. So, if if you can make it to the game, we would love to see you. Um, Right inside the gate, we have a table set up. Again, you can see all the prizes firsthand. Um, we have Corky Palmer, um, the, the rubber bracelets for $5 for donation. Uh, Mississippi Made and More, my store, we brought a gift basket worth $450 that we've added to the pot. Um, we have Corky Palmer's um, jersey on display that he actually wore during the games. Um, come in, make a donation, buy a ticket for $20. Anything is helpful. If you can't make Make it to the game. Go to Galabid.com, keyword Corky Palmer, make a donation. Let's get to 25 by Sunday afternoon. Let's do it. Thanks for letting us be a part of this, Melissa. Thank you. And thank Thank you very much, ma'am. All right, we'll be back. Wrap up this two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour next.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment of this special two-hour Eagle Hour live at the Pete today for opening day 2022. Happy to have you with us for this special show. Bob, been a great show, man. It's been a lot of fun. That's what Michael was just saying, that uh, it's been fun. Uh, Michael had a great idea. He wants to do the Eagle Hour every day from Pete Taylor Park. Yeah. <laughs> nice, huh, Michael? Yeah, and we just need cameras that we can film us here, too, and just... Yeah, yeah we can really go big time. We can. Baseball, one of the many events going on this weekend. Tennis is already underway against Lamar. They started at two. Softball, uh, hosting five other teams. In Hattiesburg, Lady Eagles will take on Jacksonville State this afternoon at 4.30 p.m. And then Mississippi Valley State at 7 p.m. Track and field over in Birmingham for the Conference USA Indoor Championships uh, tomorrow. So wish them all the best. Basketball last night, Lady Eagles remain in first place in the West as uh, they won last night, defeated UTSA with a strong second quarter, 66 to 50, Lady Eagles eight and five on the year, 16 and 18 overall. They are in uh, first place with a game lead over Louisiana Tech in North Texas. Men last night, Bob Tyler Stevenson puts one in uh, to tie it, send it in overtime, and the Eagles were outscored 22 to three and in, in overtime and, and dropped that one. Just tough loss last night in Reed Green. That's a brutal loss last night in uh, Reed Green. We'll talk more about that next week, but. Uh, that was a really, I think, a, a very momentous loss for the basketball program. 50 degrees right now. It's going to be, looks like 51 at first pitch, but by 7 p.m. it will be 46 degrees, a cool one. We should mention it is 33 degrees in Edina, Minnesota um, oh. right now. But, uh, yeah, a, a chilly opening day. And over an hour before the game starts and people already beginning to come into the stadium and, uh, and take a seat on those cold aluminum seats, over an hour left to go. North Alabama out on the field uh, warming up right now. And uh, we're expecting a big crowd here tonight and certainly a great crowd tomorrow. And so much thanks to uh, Melissa Socher for what she's done. Uh, she's just a remarkable person, and uh, we really appreciate uh, being a part of that. Uh, you were telling me, Michael, that uh, like me, your wife likes Mississippi Made and more and can drop a few coins in there. Just a, a few, but it's good stuff like we were talking about because it's all Mississippi made and uh now we're sending because we've always done that i've told you to family across the country i got family in alaska all the way out to new york so we'll send stuff to represent mississippi and now it's one stop and right. we can go in that store and yeah my right. wife does get a little carried away right well, what a great gift great gift idea to send mm. family members in other parts of and they the learn about cool towns like corinth and shibuta and every place in yeah. between and i always again, end up getting a text how do you pronounce this with yeah. reading the yeah. bottle yeah no question conference usa baseball bob rice um is at north uh, or at, at i shouldn't say north texas at texas the university of texas mm. number one in the country middle tennessee uh taking on uh, st john's university at noon today and then turned around with a UNC Wilmington at four. Charlotte um, is playing Louisville in Tampa, Florida. Pretty interesting. Northwestern uh, at UAB, Iona at Old Dominion. Western Illinois at Western uh, Kentucky. Marshall um, is taking on Ohio State down in Port Charlotte, Florida. UTSA taking on Tarlington State. 
FAU uh, hosting Minnesota, FIU hosting uh, St. Thomas, University of Minnesota, and then Louisiana Tech hosting Wichita State. Southern Miss will host UNA beginning at 4 p.m. today. Yeah, I watched Southern Miss play Ohio State a few years ago, but down in Pensacola when they were having that wonderful tournament down there, that was a really good, uh, really good baseball game. But boy, Rice, <laughs> Rice trying to rebuild from what they were, which was a great national program. We'll start out at Texas. That's uh, probably not a probably not a really good way to start. It is, but let's go ahead and let, let's talk about this one, Golden Eagles. Uh, we mentioned earlier the rotation. Ben Etheridge throwing today. The Delta State graduate transfer Hunter Riggins tomorrow, and then Hurston Waldrop on Sunday. Eagles sending out Montenegro, Dickerson, Lynch, Sergeant Fisher, Ewing, McGillis, Wilkes, and Johnson. Um, it is baseball, Bob, but you would expect uh, North Alabama, you know, they've won 10 games the last two years. Uh, this should be a sweep for the Golden Eagles and enable them to knock off some rust. Well, yeah, I mean, let's be honest about it. Uh, this is uh, not a series that you would expect Southern Miss to lose any of the three games. Uh, you you want to kind of get the guys playing against different opposition. We had the North Alabama coach on the show earlier this uh, week, and you know they're 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 transitioning, and this is their last year of the five year transition to Division One. But man, Luke, he's playing everybody. He's playing us three games. He's leaving here and playing Vanderbilt. He's playing Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Alabama, and he says the only way you build your program up is play the best competition. That's exactly. You show kids that schedule and, and uh, they want to be a part of something. Only about 15 seconds left. A little teaser for next week. So there are some early reports that the SB3, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Southern Miss, may be in the clear, Bob Getty. Everything is going to look out and over the next 10 days or so, that Sunbelt football schedule is supposed to be released. So uh, these Conference USA schedules that have Old Dominion, Marshall, and Southern Miss, get them while you can because they're going to be a collector's collector's item. item. Huge. Jeremy McClain, if you're listening, we love you. We would love to have you on the show next week. Hey, Michael, thank you, man, for setting all this up. Oh, thank you. I had a blast out here today. Will, Tony, back in the studio, you guys made this pretty easy. We have the easiest job, Luke and I, and uh, you guys do all the heavy lifting. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back. Scott Berry on the show Monday. Always look forward to Coach Berry. Until then, Southern Miss. To to the the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.